Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Internet Reports bi-weekly pulse update, where we keep our finger on the pulse of how the internet is holding up week over week. And what an eventful two weeks it's been. We saw lots of 403, 503 and 504 error codes as multiple companies including Okta, Twitch, Reddit and GitHub experienced application degradations and outages. With so many interesting things to cover, let's start with the download. My TLDR summary of what you absolutely need to know about the internet this week in two minutes or less. First, let's talk about Okta, the popular single sign-on service that many companies use to let employees easily log into many apps they need to do their work. On March the 12th, Okta experienced some issues that rendered their service partly unusable. Users could still sign in and access their usual Okta dashboards, but it didn't look like it normally did. A subset of the apps that usually displayed on the page didn't render properly, and as a result, users didn't have full access to some of the apps they normally use during their workday. We'll chat more about what caused these issues later, but given the critical front door nature of the Okta service, the incident highlights the importance of building redundancy in your tech stack and service design to avoid downtime before critical service malfunctions. Okta has been doing some interesting thinking on this front, which is great to see. Several other notable companies also experienced outages this month, including Twitch, Reddit, and GitHub. The GitHub outage is especially interesting because due to the way the problems manifested, some customers initially suspected a cloud infrastructure outage or so it did seem from the chatter we saw on the social media. However, further inspection problem tracing identified GitHub as a responsible party. This once again highlights the importance of having good independent visibility when it comes to complex cloud native environments, so your team can quickly and accurately discern the source of an issue and res respond accordingly. Looking at global outage trends, we also saw global outage numbers continue the downward trend seen over the previous two weeks, with global outages dropping 33% over the two week period. And in the same period, the US outage is also dropping 38%, with US-centric outages accounting for 34% of all observed outages. Now let's dive in further. As always, I've included the chapter links in the description below so you can skip ahead to the sections that are most interesting to you. We'd also love for you to hit like and subscribe, and always feel free to email us at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. We welcome your feedback and questions. And to discuss all of this, I'd like to welcome back Kamal Shankta. It's great to have you back, mate. Awesome to be here. Thanks for the invite, Mike. No problem at all. All right, so with that, let's take a look at the numbers this week. So what we see is the global outages continue the downward trend seen over the previous two weeks. So what we start to see is we see it initially dropping from 271 to 247, which is a 9% decrease when compared to March the 6th to 12th. And then this downward trend continues to the next week with the global outages dropping from 247 to 181, which is a 27% decrease compared to that previous week. This pattern was reflected in the US um, with the outages decreasing over the past two weeks. In the first week of this period, outages dropped from 105 to 82, which is a 22% decrease when compared to March 6 to 12. Um, and this was followed then by another drop, which I said mirrored the ones before, where we dropped from 82 to 65 the next week, which is a 21% decrease. The, the, the other thing there is that the US-centric outages accounted for 34% of all observed outages, which is a slightly larger number than the percentage observed uh, on February 27th to March 5th and March 6th, March 12th, where they only accounted for 33% of the outages. But the thing there is that if we actually look then back to the um, uh, to the previous year, I compared the same month there, the percentage of US outages uh, has been sitting pretty consistently this year around 33% um, for the first quarter, whereas last year, as I say, we were actually consistently above 40% and then dropped coming into the, uh, to the end of the year. So do you think there's anything significant about that? 
Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's uh, pretty awesome to see this down, downward looking trend, right, both for the global outages and, and US centric ones. So I think one of the things that's probably happening is that companies are actually realizing the operational excellence uh, far better than it was case potentially even last year, right? Or even for yeah. the previous uh, periods of time. So uh, it looks like the change management procedures, uh, operational excellence is taking, it, it's, ta it's being taken more seriously and, you know, it reflects in, in numbers, you know, numbers don't lie. So this is, this is quite sure. nice to see actually. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a good point you make because the other thing is we, we've said the outages and the numbers have dropped over these last two weeks. Um, but if we actually look at sort of the numbers year over year, the actual number of outages are sort of growing. Um, but we're not necessarily then reflected in use disruptions. So, and there is a question in my point. I'll get to this point somewhere there. But, you know, and I think you've sort of mentioned it's about operational stuff coming around from there. But, but, is this what I'm also considering or what we're seeing this is, is this blast radius. So the impact level, it comes from there. You know, so we're seeing an outage occur. We're seeing more outages, but it's, it's contained. It's almost like um, a learning from a chaos engineering type of theory. Where we're starting to sort of decrease that. Um, so, you know, with these overall outages, um, we're seeing less impact on the users. Would you say that that's that's a fair assumption? Yeah, 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 I think so. And, you know, not, not all the outages are the same. So even the numbers might be True. upward or down, you know, like the scope of the, of the outage could be completely different. So that that's really important uh, point to take. But but I think like this downward looking trend looks really good. And I hope to see this going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want you to hold that thought about the anatomy of an outage because I want to come back to that. I think it's a very important point. But for now, let's discuss some of the outages from the past couple of weeks as we go under the hood. So first, I want to talk about the Okta disruption on March 12th. The outage underscores a valuable lesson about what's needed to provide that seamless user experience every company wants to give their customers. Each part of the service delivery chain is critical, and it's not enough for them to be available. They have to be functioning properly too. So I said on March the 12th, in some geographies, including North America, uh, users experienced problems accessing their corporate applications when Okta's single sign-on service encountered issues. Kamal, would you like to run us through what we saw? Sure, um, gladly. So uh, to your point, we saw the uh, outage pretty clearly. And if we look at the uh, shared screens from the Thousand Eyes, uh, we're going to first focus on the Internet Insights that showed uh, event pretty clearly into detail. So first of all, on the timeline, we see uh, for how long the event went on. And from there, we can see uh, details such as, you know, uh, which servers, how many servers, what are the geographies that were affected and, and so on. So here, looking at this, we can see that uh, issue started on 12th of uh, March. 2023 uh, at approximately 355 UTC and it lasted for uh, it lasted until uh, 640 UTC on the same uh, day so so it's an, almost an hour uh, we can see that uh, on the timeline in general whenever you see the, on the timeline the purple line uh, we know that uh, uh, we saw the we saw the outage so in this particular case um, we can see that 250, uh, 265 servers were affected. We can see for how mm -hmm. long it went. And uh, down below, we can see details. So first of all, like we can see that uh, United States, Canada, Brazil, India, all, uh, all are pretty much pointing towards the uh, Okta. Uh, and now looking even more, 
here. Uh, if you look at the, uh, for the metrics called locations, we can see that 36 locations or geographies worldwide were uh, affected, which is which, which speaks about the global outage nature of this particular uh, issues. Um, so here, if I go back to, um, if I go back to uh, servers uh, as a metric, you're gonna see the same screen that we started from. And essentially, uh, it looks like this. Regardless of how we group this, this all points towards the Okta. So uh, to see a little yep. bit more, uh, I'm going to share the test that actually observed this uh, the, um, issue in detail. So here we are. What we are looking at is essentially um, page load test, which is quite a good test for figuring out what happened on the front end. So looking yeah. here uh, again uh, at three, uh, 355, uh, it started, we can see uh, the before mentioned uh, purple line indicating that Internet Insight saw the outage and it lasted uh, until uh, 450, uh, 4.45 UTC. So looking here, uh, we are looking here on the page load time. And first of all, we are focusing on Seattle, Washington agent. This is outage from the, that particular agent's perspective. And looking here, we can see that the average uh, uh, page load time uh, before, the, uh, before the issue has started was 858 milliseconds for Seattle. On average, it was around 961 milliseconds. However, mm -hmm. if you click into the outage itself, we can see that um, page load time actually significantly dropped to 210, which is like, you know, four time improved, right? And uh, similarly yeah. to some yeah. other outages that we were exploring before, you know, they would probably want this to be the page load time for the service in general. However, we know that uh, this wasn't the case. This is a reflection of the issue itself. So now if I click right. on the uh, table, uh, we can see uh, various agents and their page load times. And, you know, uh, we can see uh, what was happening, but far more interesting from the perspective of this outage is actually what was happening uh, um, on the waterfall itself, right? So if I click here just before the event has started, I can see that uh, all of the different uh, pages uh, or objects on the Octa sites were loading fine. We can see 200, 200s, we can see errors, we can uh, see uh, from where uh, they were loaded. And we see that you know, different components take different time to load. Now, this is really important in general. If you were to have issue with some kind of like uh, JavaScript file that's used for the site, this would be perfect uh, place to check what, what's the uh, load time for that particular object and stuff like that. Uh, you know, none related to this particular issue, you could potentially use that for, you know, figuring out whether your potentially CDN provider is having issues or, or not. Uh, and here we can see like various times for various objects for this particular uh, Okta. Uh, page, right? So if I click on the event, we can see that during this uh, event, uh, the page itself was returning 403, uh, you know, which is a yeah. forbidden one. So you can see here that uh, this is the um, get request that we have sent, and then we were getting essentially 403 back. Um, back. I just want to just focus on that because, just sorry, I just want to focus on that because I've been calling them 
403, 503 errors, right? Which is which is what the common vernacular is. But in reality, they're status codes. And and there's a couple of things here. So so what these indicate to us in a 403 is basically, as you said, uh, forbidden uh, coming back from there. So it's, it's something effectively we failed some authentication or some API call hasn't been authenticated, there's a token missing or, or, or whatever it is from there. But this is really good. And this is where I'm coming back to on that anatomy of an outage is that mm. there's a couple of things here. So when we see that, that um, uh, the, the load, page load time come down and you correctly identified, yeah, this would be really be happy with this. And if we're looking in isolation at that, we just see that number drop. But what that means to us in conjunction with that 403 is parts of that page aren't loading. We're, we're not pulling on sort of various functions within that page itself. That's, that's absolutely correct, right? Like we can see different objects and that's the beauty of waterfall as well, right? Like that it, it yeah. exposes the granular detail of the problem once you happen to have one, right? Uh, it's it's not just about the, you know, overall issue, I cannot load this page and that's it, right? It's actually what cannot be loaded on that particular page, which is, which is significantly exactly. better information. Uh, yeah. So essentially, uh, throughout the complete event for uh, for pretty much complete duration of this event, this is exactly what we were seeing, right? Uh, we were seeing uh, 403s being returned. Uh, and to your point, we know that everything coming from 400, uh, 4XX is essentially errors. So now if I click on the HTTP server, uh, still we are uh, looking at this from the perspective of the uh, Seattle agent perspective. So I'm gonna, for time being, I'll just gonna drop it. So we can see that availability was 100% until the uh, start of the event. Purple line again shows up, indicating that there was the octa outage. And then all of a sudden, like we can see that uh, there was 57.1 um, availability. Essentially what that means is that, you know, certain agents were not able to complete the phases phases being DNS, uh, three-way handshake, SSL, send and receive, and HTTP. And we can see quite clearly that in this particular case, HTTP bar is not like fully green. So if I look mm -hmm. in the, on the table itself, I can see which agents were actually getting 403s uh, and which agents were getting throughout the uh, event uh, 200s, right? And we can quite clearly yep. see that uh, the co status code here was 403. Yeah. Now, uh, now, the thing is here, like if we uh, if we look at the path visualization for this particular issue, uh, we can see again the, the purple line indicating the outage. And during the outage, we see we saw the intermittent uh, spikes in loss up to one point four percent or something like that. Yes, loss is really bad. We know that, but this clearly wasn't the uh, issue in this particular case. First of all, this is average loss across all of these agents that were added on this test, mean, meaning that this is very, very small amount of loss. And then the other thing here is that we don't see it consistently, which would uh, potentially serve as an explanation for the event itself. So uh, it's yep. safe to say that we can rule out the networking part as the, uh, you know, uh, root cause for uh, typical networking related issues such as bucket loss, latency and stuff like that for the root cause of this yeah. particular event. So yes, this was 100% application related issue. Uh, we saw it inside out. We see that the traffic is making it based on the fact that we send fully uh, uh, successful, we can see that receive is uh, fully working, which means that we are getting traffic back. Uh, so everything from the networking perspective here worked completely fine. However, application uh, front end itself or application itself actually had had a problem uh, dealing with yeah. the request. And it's, there's, there's a couple of things as well I want to sort of drill on here. And this is consistent, obviously, with what Okta, what they came out with there. So you're seeing that it's not actually impacting all of the 
um, the, the sites from there. So our agents test coming through from there wasn't all of them. And and what Okta reported, it was a number of cells, um, which is some of their stuff coming on and where they're actually connecting to that. So that's that, that's one aspect of it around from there as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing as well is that something you, you just struck me when you were talking about the loss rate we saw there. We're talking about 1%. And it's that context. So you said this is across all the um, agents we got from there. So this is all the tests we're looking at from there, this source and this. And in the scheme of things, then 1% is very low. But if I'm looking at a large peak without taking it into context of what I'm looking at, it's quite easy to go down to, to the wrong area. So I guess the point I'm trying to drive at, it's not just about gathering the information and saying, oh, here it is. We know there's an outage. It's being able to layer on top. And this is where the skill of someone like yourself comes in and utilizing the thousand eye stuff is to be able to sort of put those two together to add the human context or the the, the, the intelligence context to what we're seeing and uh, and sort of do that true causation correlation. The next set of outages all had a similar theme. Not only did they impact the user's experience despite the main service remaining available throughout, uh, but in the case of Twitch, Reddit, and GitHub, the users appeared to experience content loading issues. So let's start with the Twitch outage there. So on March the 3rd, uh, some Twitch users experienced issues uh, accessing video on demand streams, which is essentially the service. So uh, the issues in Twitch, Twitch's words prevented some services from loaded. Impacted users would have been presented with a timeout, um, a black screen trying to access the stream. So the service was uh, was reachable, but it was it was unusable, or at least some parts of it. But in this case, it was actually a pretty main part of it that was un, 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 uh, unusable. Um, and we often talk about the fact that the internet has no SLAs, which is absolutely true. So fantastic statement is, is, is true across there. But even if we did, in this particular case, it wouldn't have constituted um, a breach of there because the components parts were all available. If I'd actually gone and seen it, the system was up there. So it was just this interaction of the composite components and the functions that failed. Um, and this goes back again, really, to our, our point that we're making about this, that um, all the components within that service delivery chain, you talked about the network, you showed about the paths there, we talked about the context from there. But all of these have to be operating and and communicating. Every cog needs to work. We need to have everything there to get this, this uh, smooth function happening. Exactly. Like, uh, if it's available, it does not mean that it's working, right? So again, we can yeah. speak about the granularity of the testing, right? So for example, um, while you were speaking about the nature of that outage, I was thinking, uh, you know, about the workflow of testing potentially with uh, our transaction tests or something like that, right? Where you can actually, you know, go a little bit deeper than knock on the door, right? As part of which you can test whether yeah. the, the different components of the service, uh, service are working. So yeah, like, you know, that, that's really important. It is. It's that functional performance testing uh, that we want to talk about there. So so let's move on to the Reddit outage. Um, so users had a similar experience with Reddit um, on March the 14th, which is the Ides of March Eve for you Julius Caesar fans out there. And that's such a niche <laughs> um, reference there, but but it's good. Um, starting at approximately 1905 UTC, uh, Thousand Eyes observes an outage impacting global users of Reddit. Um, and as we'd observe for, for Twitch, and as you sort of showed us going through from the Octa one, the network paths to Reddit's web servers um, hosted on the CDN provider Farsi were clear of any issues. Uh, and the site, essentially the site was, uh, was, was reachable. The, the fact that this had a, a global reach pointed to an app issue straight away. But a quick view of the other services using Farsi confirmed that it actually was um, an application issue, essentially, rather than anything else. Um, and this is a found, I found this interesting that again, it was 
it was that the site wasn't reachable and it wasn't that the application was down. It was that some content appeared not to be loading. Um, and, and what this, this does, or what this highlighted me was that, you know, we... We, we talk about the, or we consider, if I'm actually logging onto a service, it becomes seamless. I'm, I consider it to be a monolithic service. So I'm actually hitting this front page, I'm accessing it. I'm, I'm not um, aware of everything that's going on the back end of that. But in fact, we're reliant on multiple dependencies, both connected and what I call non-connected dependencies. So these are things like, that so you mentioned there about the BGP and these types of things. But again, these all need to work together to provide that full functionality to deliver that, that uh, uh, the user experience uh, from there. You know, as you said, if it doesn't matter if it's available, if it ain't working. Yeah, exactly. So, and also like the paradigm shifted uh, significantly on how we build these applications, right? Uh, historically, they were, as you pointed out, like pretty monolithic applications, large, big applications. And all of a sudden, like they uh, switch over to this model as part of which um, there are so there are, there are so many different uh, microservices involved and, you know, uh, Making sure that all the cogs, as you said it earlier on, are working is actually quite instrumental in how the complete service operates. And that's increasingly hard. The more services you have, complexity increases, you know, the harder it, uh, the harder it gets to actually make sure that all the cogs are working the way should, they should be. So, you know, um, to your point, it's really important to, you know, uh, monitor all of these and actually expose the uh, various critical components and then, you know, ensuring that we go a little bit deeper than uh, first knock on, on, on the doors. All right, so let's move on to the last outage of the day, uh, which is GitHub. So this was actually on the Ides of March. So this was March the 15th, uh, where GitHub users encountered difficulties when they were trying to use actions and packages and pages. Uh, so GitHub's uh, platforms for the uh, continuous integration, continuous deployment for hosting and managing packages and web websites respectively. Now the way this problem manifested, it caused some customers to initially hypothesize on social media, there was a cloud infrastructure outage. So again, coming back to this context, the anatomy of an outage there that we, we've talked about throughout, is this a quick check of the past, the common service identified, showed that was actually unlikely. You know, So we're actually looking for something that it was um, uh, uh, common to it. The common point from here was we could reach the, the, the system. It was all coming uh, from the application side itself. And unlike the Okta incident, where all the users could still access the service to some extent, you know, we could actually get onto it, and there's some pages there, and you could, like I said, if you actually knew the application you were going to, you could get to it without the icon from there. Uh, GitHub users were unable to reach the service altogether, um, and GitHub confirmed that user requests were simply timing out uh, from, from there. GitHub did provide regular status reports during the degradation and, and the outage event, which is great, right? Because one of the things we talk about is the, the need to have constant information. I want to be able to understand what's going on there. It doesn't necessarily matter if I have a performance problem. What I want to go, and I'll, I'll apologize, my dog's chiming in because she thinks the degradation is really important. And what she's reminding me of there is that um, all these composite parts need to work together. So this is really important, you know. This is yet another example where we had a single point of failure, which happened to be in the application, uh, but it rendered the whole, whole thing sort of unusable from there. And this was something in the back end where we actually couldn't make that connection coming through. So again, like I say, we're talking about these everything together in this service delivery chain having to be uh, operating smoothly together to be able to sort of deliver this service. 
Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, just to close this um, section, uh, you know, my friends on uh, social media were posting, mostly developer friends were posting like day off provided by GitHub kind of like, joke <laughs> around, right? Because they could not do their work, which which speaks to the severity of these uh, kinds of events, right? Yeah, joke aside, like it's yeah. pretty significant event. If like it, imagine it, the scale of the uh, engineering and the number of the engineering hours that are potentially, you know, um, Unfortunately, I have to say wasted, you know, when it comes to events such as this one. Well, well, thanks, Kamal. As always, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the invite, and it was my pleasure being on here. So that's our show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at Thousand Eyes. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, good, bad, or ugly, or guests you'd like to see featured on the show, send us a note at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. So until next time, goodbye.